what I'm learning about truly putting customers at the centre of the way that we operate. Because I'm, if I consider them a fan or a potential fan as opposed to just a customer, then my emotional connection with what I need to achieve as a marketer, as a marketing leader, is different. It's far more aspirational. Today's guest in CMO Talk is Alvaro Del Pozo, Vice President International Marketing at Adobe. This is CMO Talk, the podcast. Marketing discussed at the highest level. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to CMO Talk. My name is Klaas Weima. I'm a professional marketer, founder of Agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. In this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of the world's marketing giants. And I'm Adam Fields. I'm a stand-up comedian and gullible consumer, so I'm probably the ideal person for you guys to market your products to, um, except for my lack of disposable income. Today, we are honored to have Alvaro Del Pozo as our guest. Alvaro is Vice President of Marketing for Adobe International, where he is responsible for all facets of marketing and brand communications across Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia Pacific, and Japan. He has built an impressive career leading marketing and sales teams over the last three decades. And before joining Adobe in uh, 2018, he worked at Dell for just over 17 years and before that for Fijuchu Australia. Mm. And uh, Alvaro uh, believes uh, we're living in a new era in experience uh, where the opportunity for technology decision makers to design and deliver exceptional customer experiences has never been greater. He feels this is as true for the CMO as it is for the CIO. So what we want to know is what is this new era in experience? Is it really about delivering great customer experiences or is it just all some more marketing hype? Answers to these and many more questions right here in CMO Talk. Let's talk about this new era in experience. The pandemic sparked the digital transformation, but also consumers' expectations of the brand experience. Hence, brands need to adapt as well. You've researched all these changes, interviewed marketing leaders and defined this new era of experience. What does this new era look like? Uh, There is, we believe, a new era and marketers, business leaders and businesses need to take stock and respond. Um, The shift to digital we have experienced over the past two plus years has been unprecedented to use an overused word. But the, the ability to deliver great customer experiences across both physical and virtual is no longer just a nice to have. That's one of the key takeaways. Mm. It's a competitive requirement. Brands today need to face the need to get closer to their customers, the channels they use, and most significantly, the experiences they expect. Importantly, and this is a key difference, customers don't rank their experiences against industry and sector. They now rank against the best experiences they've ever received. And this is the new bar that brands must aspire to in the new era. So that's one, one, you know, definition of the new era, and it's very indexed on digital, very indexed on um, how you, you change the need to change your engagement models 
with customers who engage with you, particularly in the digital realm. So the other is a little bit more subtle, a little bit more on the you know empathetic um, side of what's happening. It's related somewhat um, closer related to the social disruptions that we've experienced in the so last sparked, couple of years. Sparked by the, uh, the pandemic and uh, would you say that? I think the pandemic, yeah, was 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 a cause or a catalyst or you know something that just brought what was uh, underneath the surface to the fore, right? To the okay. to so the speeded it up, yeah. Well, as well, many of the the lessons that we learned were not new. Mm. Things were accelerated, things were heightened uh, to a level where there's no going back. Uh, there's no going back in the need to deliver great experiences. Uh, in the uh, digital experiences. And there's also not going back to the heightened priority that your a brand's customers and the communities they engage place on trust. In the digital economy, trust is the key, we believe, to a sustainable success for brands. Hmm. What does this all mean for marketing leaders? For marketing leaders and leaders in general, it means that you you have to change the a culture of your organization from the top down. It means a new heightened level of connection between your people processes uh, and your technology so that you deliver exceptional uh, and personal customer experiences every day, every transaction across every channel. But that's a hard thing to do. Where do you start as a CMO? <laughs> Fundamentally, the new era requires a new level of personalization and personalization at scale. You know, it's about being able to connect with thousands of individuals in a personal manner. Which and sounds con the, contradiction in terms, doesn't it? Exactly. So, yeah. At the core for marketers, it's a data and a content velocity uh, challenge primarily. You need to be able to stitch together all your disparate data channels You need to be able to refresh the views you have of each individual in real time. And then you need content velocity to match the insights you're gathering for each of those customers um, as well. And again, it's a reality of today's marketing technology environment and needless to say, an opportunity in a partnership with Adobe yeah. um, as well. Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk? Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on cmotalk.global. You also researched that, that brands nowadays largely uh, fall into three distinct categories. Yeah, how, how do you approach this new area and experience? Like you have the survivors, you have the hiders, and you have the thrivers. Could you please explain these categories? We... Um We partnered with the London School of Economics um, see. towards the end of 2020 to assess um, to, to assess the profile of brands and companies that would succeed through a crisis mm -hmm. and to see if there was some defining attributes um, for those companies. And what we found out in that collaboration was, first of all, first The London School of Economics had actually been looking at successful or otherwise organizations since 2009, so pre, significantly pre the pandemic. 
Uh, and they'd Just after the financial of, crisis, yeah. even. Exactly. They'd undertaken a study of 30,000 businesses across Europe, actually, to try and identify what attributes successful companies, mediumly successful, moderately successful companies, and less so successful companies had at their core. The pandemic, or really any crisis, just was a stronger proof point of what they have discovered before the pandemic. The attributes required to succeed generally were even more required in the midst of a crisis as well. And there were three categories that were identified for these companies um, that came out of, came out of that study. And, and broadly speaking, um, they categorized the companies into survivors, mm-hmm. um, hiders, and thrivers, and, and the labels kind of explain themselves. About 35% of, of companies were identified as survivors, about 40% were identified as hiders, and 25% as thrivers. And, and I think to be brief, mm-hmm. maybe it's best to, def- to clarify the thriver attributes. Yes, please. The, the, the survivor ones then tend to be the opposite, and the hiders ones, the hiders are somewhere in the middle. In the middle, right. right. They play a little bit on both sides. Makes sense. Neither here nor there, right? So first of all, in, in terms of a brand response to a crisis, what Thrivers perfected the balance between long and short-term remedies to the moment. And in, with little to no reduction in spending while focusing on market adaptation to continue growth. So when faced with a crisis, they double down on their strategy. It's the key takeaway. Um, That requires you to have good strategy. Good strategy requires good leadership. Good leadership is defined by leaders that are aspiring with clear strategy, connected to their employees, and as a consequence, connected to their customers and also aware of the frontline realities of their organisation. Survivors are the opposite, unaware, uninspiring, not connected, and when faced with a crisis, will default default to short-term remedies, cut spend, cut staff, reduce innovation, Hmm. right? If If you look also at what defines the thrivers, it's agility. Agility as a cultural, it's culturally at the centre of these organisations. So they have organisational structures and they have a culture that prioritises fast decision-making and fast response to external changes. Right. Innovation, MVP, test and learn, accepting failure and moving forward. Prototype. These are all the fighting attributes yes. of, of companies that you know succeed in all the time, but when faced with a crisis, they actually will push through and invariably will grow. Nice uh, and outperform yeah. every other brand as well. So really, really important. Yes, thanks for clarifying that. I'm just wondering. I'm still trying to get my head around hiders. Why? Why hiders? You say it's self-explanatory. It's not quite self-explanatory to me. Why you call them hiders? Okay, survivors. And thrivers, I get, but why hiders? Yeah, hiders kind of sit on the fence, right? I mean, they don't, they don't, um, uh, 
you know, index or, or have a bias towards innovation in a crisis, they'll stick to what they know best mm. and hope that in, in that uh, fence-sitting or in that middle ground position, they will outlast okay. the situation. So right? not being proactive, not adapting to the new situation, just carrying on what they're doing. That's what... Exactly. That. Okay. So now, now back to this uh, new era in experience. In CMO Talk, we always ask our guests to answer a statement. Now, this new era is predominantly a digital one, uh, almost exclusively a digital one, uh, which brings me to this statement. The era of offline is gone. From now on, it is pure digital. Would you agree with that? No, I disagree. Mm. Uh, I think the... The new era hmm. you actually that surprises you know, me. <laughs> that well, surprises you know, me. Maybe it would be like it would be like as as um, binary as me saying in the new era, all workers are remote workers. Right. Um, we know that there are limitations. Yeah. In, in remote working, there are similar limitations in the way that you engage customers and communities you serve as a brand mm -hmm. in exclusively uh, managing that relationship online. Uh, and in some instances, particularly in, in some uh, segments, you have a history and also a customer preference for being predominantly in the real world. And, and digital can be an extension of that. I think the, the, the answer is, uh, again, personalization. Um, what is the customer's, uh, what will deliver the a superior customer experience that is a balance between offline and online for a customer. And you mentioned trust before. Is, is, is trust a key element of that? Um, trust is a key element in the, in the digital economy, whether it's offline and online. But to relate it to your question specifically, if customers do not trust you in the real world, they definitely will not trust you in the digital well, so in the, yeah. so you'd say it's more important in the digital world. Trust them. I think it's equally important, hmm. um, but but I think that too many brands are late in coming to that realization. The digital interaction can, on occasion, appear removed for an organization, more removed than a physical engagement, right. where a trust is somewhat more obvious and perhaps has a greater history. As, a, as humanity um, as well. But the research that we've undertaken um, in February of, of this year says that categorically, definitively, and just so strong in terms of the data that came out, that trust in the digital world matters. Mm -hmm. um, you need the balance of both. It, um, it also says that for millennials and Gen Z, um, it's even a heightened level oh, of really? importance because oh. they, they primarily engage with brands online. Yeah. They have a preference for a higher frequency engagement with brands online and therefore they associate trust with predominantly an online relationship that they have yeah. with their brands. Nice. And they are unforgiving all right. They are. So one time one time the order goes wrong, they will never come They'll back. They'll never come back. Would you say that? 53% uh, of them um, will walk away from a brand right. that does not deliver a personalized experience mm. 
and which is which is a a you know a a trust breaking mm. uh, situation oh. or misuses their data, um, they will definitely walk away. I'm wondering about brand trust. Uh, uh, that that's very interesting concept you mentioned. That is a key ingredient for a digitization and. But trust is under pressure towards the government, institutions, organization, but also towards brands, right? Marketers cannot make mistakes anymore, specifically online, as you mentioned, as the competition is only one click away. What does it take to regain trust? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. So the, the, the first thing I'll say that is if you've had trust as central to your engagement strategy, uh, you had an ability to personalize, to demonstrate empathy, to create moments where you've said to your customer, I know you, um, I respect you, I keep your data private, I use it for, the, for, the, for what it was intended to do, mm-hmm. just to better service you. Um, the end user, the customer will be more forgiving if you make a mistake. Um, they will actually allow you to experiment as well. They will get involved in your experimentation uh, as well. So, so trust gives you the uh, license to innovate with your customers, gives you the license potentially to make mistakes. They will forgive you. Uh, because you're problem. open, because your intentions are right? Absolutely. Probably. Absolutely. It's, so, you know, to, to answer your, your question specifically, though, I think trust comes from keeping promises throughout a relationship, you know, from respecting data to providing meaningful experiences mm. at each stage of the journey. How, how do you take away those concerns about uh, privacy and how data is used? Well, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's like a human relationship, mm. uh, as I mentioned it. Every interaction is assessed based on it either builds or detracts from building trust. There's a hierarchy um, that brands need to consider. First and foremost is around data, uh, data governance. Mm-hmm. Um, users, uh, customers demand that security is a minimum. And that needs to be inherent and built into your technology mm. yeah. um, as, a, as, a, as a primary deliverable, as a base-level deliverable is security. Mm. Yeah. If security is breached, then trust mm. is breached. Yeah. And you have numerous examples of that. Mm. The next level up is honour my preferences. I have engaged with you and I have told you what I like what I don't like, what I'm interested in, what I'm not interested in, when I prefer to be contacted, when I don't, the formats I prefer, the formats I don't. You better respect that uh, as well. Yeah. The next level up is personalization, mm-hmm. which is uh, the consumer saying, we have a relationship. Now it's founded on a core of privacy and preferences being honoured. Show me that you know me. That's how we build on this relationship. And that's about showing me that at every stage of the journey, you can turn up and personalize my experience. Personalization at scale as a technical outcome is achievable for most brands. Mm-hmm. 
what's more aspirational is turning up in that moment and delivering a truly emotional uh, moment uh, with, with your customers, demonstrating empathy. Love CMO Talk? Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We're interested in your opinion and you'll help others find this podcast too. So, um, Alvaro, we're going to present you with several uh, dilemmas. Very quick uh, questions for you. Just pick one of two options. So best to go with your gut feeling, really. Don't think too long and hard about it. Are you ready? I'm ready. A great product or great experience? Great experience. Thought you might say that. Easy. Uh, great value for money or personalised experience? Personalised experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hard one. Yeah, okay. Branding or performance? Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, no, it's not. It's easy. It's if I read the right um, meaning of, of the word branding, it's branding. Okay. Real account. live experience or digital experience? Digital experience. Oh, you've moved over to the dark side. Okay. Metaverse or AI? AI. Thought you might say that. Okay. So you put you chose AI, and I think that's pretty clear. Have you have do you do anything with the metaverse? Is that interesting yeah. for you? Or Absolutely. Not yet? Adobe's at the central uh, to the metaverse. I mean, at its essence, the metaverse is about content creation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you know, one one obvious area where in the metaverse is around 3D content creation, where Adobe is a leader. Um, we acquired a company called Substance a few years past, and uh, it's a business within Adobe that's accelerating at phenomenal speed and engaged with the leaders uh, in metaverse in enabling their 3D content creation. Alvaro, Adobe also partnered with two very famous soccer clubs, right? Using the real-time CDP of Adobe to offer this great experience to fans. Can, can you explain a little bit more about that partnership and how it comes around? Sure. The, 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 two, the two teams um, that we've partnered with are Real Madrid, just a little club based out just of Spain. A small one. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that one. Yeah. <laughs> you may have heard of. In, in my journey um, with them, you know, I've I've discovered that they have anywhere between 600 million to a billion uh, fans globally. And um, they actually (laughs) have more more fans outside of Europe uh, and more fans in Asia than they do in Europe um, as well. So it's truly a global brand. Yeah. And then the other brand that you may have heard of as well is FC Bayern. Mm. Uh, And the journey we're on with them is to transform these brands from you know, extending the game time, the 90 minutes, to a more broad engagement with their fans. How do you take that 90-minute passion and emotion and extend it beyond the game? And you can imagine the technological challenges of deciding to treat 600 million yeah, people. But that's, that's, as you mentioned, the cohort of Skill that's personalization at scale, right? It's personalization at scale where, depending on your point of view, glass half empty, glass half full, with a, with the highest degree of risk possible. Yes, 
with the highest opportunity for success and transformation as an example to the rest of to other brands possible as well. Uh, risk and opportunity is you are dealing with a uh, not customers, you're dealing with fans. fans. Yeah. And there's a difference here. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the emotional connection is different. The lifelong connection is something that needs to be considered and honored. Uh, and so when you talk <laughs> about personalization and you want to do it at the scale of 600 to a billion and you cannot afford to get it wrong, <laughs> that's where I love yeah. to Isn't be. Isn't that the holy grail to get Adobe customers to feel like Adobe fans and have the same passion they do for Real Madrid as they do for, <laughs> for Adobe as they do for Real Madrid? Uh, exactly right. And, and, you know, and I think it's not just Adobe. I think every... Every customer, every brand that I deal with, I talk about the journey that we're on with Real Madrid and FC Bayern. And uh, I, I say what, what I'm learning about truly putting customers at the centre of the way that we operate. Because I, if I consider them a fan or a potential fan as opposed to just a customer, then my, my emotional connection with what I need to mm. achieve as a marketer, as a marketing leader, uh, is different. It's far more aspirational. Mm. How how does it work? I'm I'm a fan of Real Madrid. And I have, of course, the Real Madrid app. How can I experience the true personalization of one as a a fan? How does it work in real life? So, I mean, I mentioned before the the foundational aspects of the project we're we're working on with these uh, football brands is first of all let's let's focus in on data and on the data side uh, we have a real-time cdp as an enabling technology and this is the 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 uh the journey that we've been on as a, as a marketing so a, CD, a cdp is a customer data platform a customer data platform yes okay. and, thank and you in, thank in you our, for in our, in our solution it's a real-time data platform right uh, so every engagement with your customers that transpires online or where we can track it uh, with assistance from Real Madrid offline is instantly updated so that the next communication can can recognize the journey that you've been on historically, but importantly, most recently, sub 250 milliseconds uh, wow. in real time uh, updated so that the next time I speak to you or engage with you in whatever medium, on whatever journey you're on, it's relevant. It's empathetic. That's the opportunity that the enabling technology provides. And it uses artificial intelligence, right? Because there, there's no human being who can control all those algorithms and nodes in that network of interaction. Human beings are at the center of it. Importantly, there's a, a strong creative culture Mm-hmm. that understands its end users, understands its history, uh, understands the history of the club, that um, also infuses each one of those moments with all of that history, all of that creativity, the colours, the music that the fans know into that moment. It's all there. Artificial intelligence enhances that core. Right. Um, artificial intelligence allows you to scale Artificial intelligence allows you to do things that, at a speed that you could never do 
exclusively as a human enterprise. So it's an enabler, basically. I was wondering who inspires you, especially in times of crisis? I'm inspired. I I was thinking about this. I'm inspired by the, um, the communities that we engage with at Adobe. Um, central to our culture is the, the concept of Adobe for All, mm. where, where we promote uh, and we invest in diversity and inclusion in the profile of our company and then in prioritising the communities we engage. And because that's central to who we are um, and it has been with us as we've served creative communities, particularly from early on, the fact that we are authentically connected to our communities and the communities we serve and we look to uplift those communities and the social disruption that results from a crisis has served us particularly well uh, in the last couple of years. And there's a few examples where we've supported those um, communities through the most recent crisis is that, you know, I find just truly inspiring. They give me a purpose beyond the, the job, the day-to-day job that I do. Mm. They mm. give me a reason to come into work or run to work. Can, can, you, can you share one, please? Yeah, I, I think the, there's a couple that, that mm. one, I'll give you one that's old so that you and so we're not just stuck on COVID. When um, uh, Cyclone Katrina hit the South, of the US and it was catastrophic um, for those communities. Adobe sponsored photography students to go into those communities, recover fragments of family photos and through from various different photos of, say, an individual or a family grouping, recover the photos in digital form, wow. photos that were lost forever or only, only were available in fragment form or in deteriorated form, they could be recovered online. There's a beautiful video. I think it's still available. Yeah, because that's what everyone grabs when yeah. they rush out the house in a fire or something. Is the photo album, isn't yes. it? Yeah. yeah, but in many cases they couldn't. Right. And the yeah. photos, the photos were, were partially or nearly partially destroyed. And so these students mm. worked within those communities to recover their family photos wow. and That's make great. them available wow. online for those yeah. families. Yeah. I mean, there's a beautiful fo- uh, a video that shows that the response from from the people well, whose we'll make family sh- photos, yeah. treasured family photos, were thought to be lost yeah. forever. We'll now, make sure we integrated that video in the show notes for yeah. people to watch it. We're running out of time. I would like to thank you for this opportunity, uh, having you with us today. And for all the listeners, thanks for listening to CMO Talk with Alvaro Del Pazo about the new era of experience. If you want to learn more about that new era of experience, we'll also share, uh, if we are allowed to share it, Alvaro, um, some research Adobe has done with the London uh, School of Economics on this interesting topic. Please uh, tune in next month to CMO Talk. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, bye. Thank you. Thank you, Alvaro. Thanks for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing and mastering by voice booking. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe. Adobe.